Good morning. Welcome to Emmanuel Presbyterian Church this morning. Whether you're here with us in the sanctuary or joining us on Zoom, we're really glad that you're here. I'm Adrienne Schlosser-Hall, and we have a unique and special service in store today. Instead of a more traditional sermon, we're going to have three members of the congregation, Carol Tisver, Warren Weber, and Lori Mercer, who will each share a prayer for our congregation during this transition time, and there will be a scripture and a hymn to go along with that. I want to see if there are any announcements uh, anybody wants to make today. Okay. It's okay. Thank you, Susan. <laughs> yes. Um, so we do. Uh, we have found our transitional pastor. We're kind of in the middle of doing our all the terms of call and all that stuff. So still good on the start date. We think. Fingers crossed. March fourth. Yes. Um, so. Uh, I know. It's a... So um, anyways, I don't know. Can I announce her name and stuff? Yes. Yes. So it's um, Janet Sonnenberg, and she has um, preached here in the past. It's been a while ago, but um, the thing I loved about her was that she just exuded calm. And I think that during a transition time, I think that that's kind of important. Plus, I really like her. So anyway, so that's the report from the Transitional Pastor Committee. <laughs> Gosh, I just got goosebumps. I know Janet. Um, she's incredibly gifted and an incredibly faithful human being. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I, I want to share too. Um, when Deb was coming up, she's like, "Oh, she just said offhandedly, what would we do without Susan?" And I just, I want to celebrate Susan Sprague. You're awesome. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to calm down now. All right, these are the opening sentences from the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verses 19 through 25. And in the Bible, there's a headline, and it says, A Call to Persevere. Therefore, my friends, since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us approach with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. And let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Please stand if it's comfortable for you and join in the song of celebration, We Are God's People. Please stand if you're able and join in the unison prayer. My heart is steadfast, O oh God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing and make melody. Awake, my soul, awake, O oh harp and lyre. I will awake the dawn. I will give thanks to you, O oh Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations. For your steadfast love is as high as the heavens. 
Your faithfulness extends to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. Good morning, everyone. Psalm 8. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name throughout the earth. So begins Psalm 8 to celebrate our God, the God of creation. Further into the psalm, the psalmist sings, when I look up at your skies, at what your fingers made, the moon and the stars that you have set firmly in place. What are human beings that you think about them? What are human beings that you pay attention to them? The psalmist sings of our God's creation and of human beings, the crowning achievement of God's creation. Verse 5, you made them only slightly less than divine, <coughs> crowning them with glory and honor. We are the stewards of God's creation. Verse 6, you have let them rule over your handiwork. So we are made for relationship. There's the R word. <laughs> and to honor our God. My prayer for our church as it moves into a new pastorate is taken from the awe of Psalm 8. I pray we walk in our intelligence into the adoration of our God and into the continuation of our discipleship with Jesus Christ. In the words of Jeremiah, we have loved Dave with an everlasting love. The greatest honor to him, this man of words, would be that we walk forward in Christ's light with Jesus as our living word. My chosen hymn is I Cannot Tell, number 109. It allows us to live with our spiritual questions and for them to be answered by the affirmation, this I know. We continue to walk by faith, not by sight, as God's crowning glory in creation. This psalm is sung to the tune of O oh Danny Boy. Ponder the beauty of the questions and the firmness of the reply, but this I know as you sing. But this I know, the skies will thrill 
So for the scripture, I've chosen Psalm 22, verses 30 and 31. Prosperity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord and proclaim his deliverance to the people yet unborn, saying that he has done it. My email said not only could we do a prayer for the church, we could also do a concern. I've opted for the latter of the two. So since Dave asked me to speak, I've spent a lot of time reflecting on what EPC, what Emmanuel Presbyterian Church has meant to me. I've been a member here for almost 27 years. It's been mostly good. It's a fantastic community. I've met people of all ages. We've done mission together, Nia Bay, Campbell Farm. We've drank beer together under the hashtag Presbyterians. <laughs> We've built this building together. I can honestly say that in reflecting on everything, I feel that I'm a better human being for having spent the time I have spent here at Emmanuel Presbyterian Church, and it has been a true gift from God. Before Steve, Pastor Steve left, he said by building this building, we had set the table, and then it was up to the congregation and the next pastor to decide who ate at that table. Dave came, we ate, and before he left, he said, we have paid off the church. Now it's up to the congregation to decide who gets the church. It was about this time that the thought crossed my mind that if I live as long as my parents lived, and the next pastor is here as long as Dave was here, I will not be alive when the next pastor leaves. Well, this thought led me to the thinking of what's going to happen to my chair. The chair that I sit in, the chair that you sit in. What happens when we pass away? Who's gonna sit there? Will real estate developers finally get that chair, finally get this land, get this property? God has given us a great gift. And the question I have as I look around is, who's gonna be sitting in my seat when I'm gone? There's two reasons that I'm very optimistic that we will succeed in finding that next generation. One is I have been and I have walked beside all of you through many, many things. Through this building, building this building, paying for this building, I've come to realize that when Emmanuel Presbyterian Church says we're gonna do something, it is not a matter of ability, it's a matter of our desire. And if we desire that this church will live on, we will succeed in doing that. The second thing that makes me very optimistic is the more that Connie and I get to know and associate with the younger generation, as this younger generation starts to have children, starts to become adults, starts to live into what it means to be an adult, they've all started to ask the same questions that all of us have asked. You know, what's this all about? What, what is this God thing? What is, what's going on? I mean, we're running into a lot of young people who are curious, who want to know. I've just finished up a job and the mother said, yeah, my son has a question. You seem like a person that could probably answer that question for him. I said, shoot away. He says, Mr. Weber, he said, who made God? She said, I'm looking for a place where people can answer this question for my child. And we were out with a young couple having beers, imagine that. <laughs> And after the two young ladies spent, you know, 15 minutes coming out to us, they spent probably 45 minutes talking about their faith and what their church meant to them and what they were looking for. They want to be a part of a community just like we want to be part of a community. So the young people are looking for a church. We were out for dinner with a young couple. After a while, the, the husband looks at me and goes, Weber, 
people usually refer to me by Weber when they have serious things to talk about. <laughs> Weber, you seem to, when it comes to this question of church, seem to have your head screwed on pretty good. He said, you know, we're expecting our first child. He says, do you think we should join a church? I looked at him, I thought about it for a long time, and I, I said, you know, the world's different now than it was when I was your age. I said, you know, if I had life to live over and I was in your shoes, I said, I don't think I would join a church. I said, I think what I'd do is I'd just go, Alexis, bring God into my life. <laughs> Can you imagine asking, you know, Alexa, bring God into my life? Say, I'm sorry, Jeff Bezos just moved to Florida. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I'm not going into well. <laughs> But that being said, I think what my concern now, I think that we really need to spend some effort and time thinking about it, is who, who is going to take our seats? What are we going to do to bring, make this church serve the needs of that younger generation? We need to listen to them. And in the meantime, let's not lose sight of who we are. Morning. Last week, Corey astutely noted the perils of rushing in to fill the void left in the wake of Dave's retirement. No matter how beloved that familiar is, in all this week, Matthew 9, 16 through 17 has been rattling around in my head. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the skins will burst, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. They pour new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. I'm sensing an alcoholic theme now. <laughs> Not intentionally. <laughs> we now occupy a space where we wait for that new wineskin to reveal itself, within a liminal space where we may feel very much adrift. And I swear I had this topic planned well before seeing that on our website, our series right now is titled, Current Series in the Liminal Space. <laughs> maybe great minds do think alike, or maybe it's simply intuitive to recognize and honor such sacred upheaval. The term liminal space arises from the Latin word limen, which means threshold. It's the time between what was and what's coming. It's a time of transition, a time of waiting and not knowing. Sound familiar? as we continue to emerge from the traumatic throes of that pandemic, wondering what's next, where does this end, does this end, it's no wonder that further ambiguity, ambiguity, ambiguity <laughs> is particularly triggering. So how do we navigate this space while our next chapter unfolds? If we recognize that we are simply characters in a story that we're not writing, what do we do in the meantime? Well, we might need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Transitions make us feel raw, invulnerable, and quite simply stuck. Most of us would rather be certain of a dismal future than uncertain about an unknown future. But make no mistake, this limbo is a gift if we choose to accept it. We dare not escape it before we learn what it has to teach us. The gift gives us space to slow down, reorient, and watch for something new to bubble up to the surface to grab a hold of something bigger as our complacency falls away. To loop back to Matthew 9, it allows the new garment and the new container to take shape together. 
And with all the emphasis on pastors, I'd like to share my first experience with Emmanuel Presbyterian Church to make a point. I joined this church and committed our sons to growing up amongst this congregation when an interim pastor was in the pulpit, right before Emmanuel's first beloved pastor, Floyd Cronkite, had retired. What I want to drive home is that I didn't join because of the pastor. That was an unknown variable. I joined because of the people, because of the kinship and faith that I hadn't encountered anywhere else outside this, the church that I grew up and got married in. That bedrock endures, and I'd argue it's stronger now than ever. So in a spirit of hope, my prayer for this congregation is that it can submerge itself in the bounty that, that this uncertainty affords, to stop, listen, and trust in the promise that we're indeed held by the one that holds us all together. I'd like to finish with a poem by Celtic priest and poet John O'Donohue called For Longing. Blessed be the longing that brought you here and quickens your soul with wonder. May you have the courage to listen to the voice of desire that disturbs you when you have settled for something safe. May you have the wisdom to enter generously into your own unease to discover the new direction your longing wants to take. May the forms of your belonging in love, creativity, and friendship be equal to the grandeur and the call of your soul. May the one you long for, long for you. May your dreams gradually reveal the destination of your desire. May a secret providence guide your thought and nurture your feeling. May your mind inhabit your life with the sureness with which your body inhabits the world. May your heart never be haunted by ghost structures of old damage. May you come to accept your longing as divine urgency, and may you know the urgency with which God longs for you. So my song that I selected was Be Still My Soul, and I would love it if you can do two things at once, sing it and really absorb those words. They're just, they're beautiful words. Thank you. Uh, before I offer the benediction, I just want to say a special thank you to all who brought the word today, either in song or through sharing your hopes and concerns for our congregation, for music, for Bob, who's running the sound system, everyone who brought the word today. We give you thanks for sharing your gifts with us. And now go in peace, celebrating the joys you find in perseverance. Celebrate the promise of God. Encourage one another as Christ encourages us. Amen. <laughs>